pipes have triggered boil water advisories. CBS's Janet Shamlian is in Houston. In Texas, it's a full-on humanitarian crisis. This is worse than Harvey, and we lost everything. Some desperate families using outdoor grills inside and running cars in garages to stay warm. Those choices contributing to at least 300 cases of carbon monoxide poisoning in Houston's Harris County, according to the Houston Chronicle. A new snowstorm is hitting the south and east. It's forced President Biden to postpone a visit to a COVID vaccine manufacturing facility in Michigan. The pandemic has cut short the average U.S. lifespan by a year. That's the biggest drop since World War II. Life expectancy here is now 77.8 years. The world's largest private employer is passing along pandemic profits. CBS's Jim Crisula. Walmart says it will give its 425,000 workers raises after strong holiday sales. Sales jumped 9% in the quarter, ending January 29th. E-commerce sales, which include online grocery orders, soared 70% from a year earlier as the COVID-19 pandemic worsened. There's a new sign the labor market is sputtering. Another 861,000 people signed up for first-time jobless benefits last week. That's more than the week before and well above the pre-pandemic peak of 695,000. S&P futures are down 27. Dow futures off 196. South Carolina Governor Henry McMaster is expected to sign a fetal heartbeat bill today. State lawmakers passed it last night. It would ban most abortions except in cases of rape, incest, or when the mother's life is in danger. Holly Gatling heads the group South Carolina Citizens for Life. It's just an awesome feeling to win a victory like this for our unborn brothers and sisters who have no rights. It'll be all in the landing for NASA's rover Perseverance, scheduled to touch down on Mars today. CBS's Steve Futterman. It's clearly the most dangerous part of the mission, and there's virtually no room for error. Because of the vast distance, it takes around 11 minutes for signals from Mars to reach Earth and vice versa. This means there's no chance for scientists to make any last-minute adjustments if something isn't working as planned. Rover will be looking for signs of ancient microbial life. This is CBS News. CBS News Radio is your home for breaking news. With our team of reporters around the country and the world, we give you the coverage you can trust. I love being able to share with our family who's listening how much we all love State Farm Insurance. With surprisingly great rates, State Farm has saved us money with our car and home insurance. I mean, you're my wife. You know how much I love a great deal. So, of course, I'm going to love the great rates and great service at State Farm. It's good for my wallet and for my family. State Farm meets my needs. Plus, I get to control how and what I want for my budget. And I do it all from their award-winning mobile app. Surprisingly great rates. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I like a bed that's really firm. I need something a little softer than that. Rest easy. With the Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed, you can both adjust your comfort with your Sleep Number setting. Can it really help me fall asleep faster? Yes, by gently warming your feet. Okay, but can it help keep us asleep? It senses your movements and automatically adjusts to keep you effortlessly comfortable. Sleep Number, proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. And now, during the ultimate Sleep Number event, save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing on all Smart Beds, only for a limited time. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. A dream is fading for a long-time tennis champ at the Australian Open semifinals on ESPN. Naomi Osaka keeps Serena Williams at 23 slams, denying Williams an opportunity for a record-time 24th career Grand Slam singles title. Williams played well in stretches, but made too many mistakes in a 6-3, 6-4 victory by Osaka. Osaka also beat Williams in the 2018 U.S. Open final. Jennifer Kuiper, CBS News. Williams is 39 now. Osaka, 23. Social media posts tell the story of the devastation in Texas, ice clinging to the spines of a prickly pear cactus in Midland. A burst pipe and a ceiling fan dripping with icicles. A water fountain transformed into an ice sculpture in Richardson. The Insurance Council of Texas predicts this week's winter storm will be the largest insurance claim event in history. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. Paid for by Asset Marketing Services, LLC. Have you heard? 
A secret hoard of 1902 Morgan silver dollars has been found. These gorgeous 1902 O Morgans are as bright and shiny as the day they were struck, and less than 500 of these coins are available. Coin experts are calling the Great Southern Treasury Hoard an incredible opportunity. Just call government.com at 1-800-859-1518, and you're guaranteed a mint condition 1902 Morgan silver dollar featuring the iconic O mint mark of the New Orleans Mint. These 119-year-old coins were found in sealed bags that have been untouched since 1902. That makes these unopened bags of Morgan silver dollars extremely rare. To learn more, call 1-800-859-1518. Call now and you'll receive a free American Coin Collector's Bonus Package, a $10 value, free with every order. Call 1-800-859-1518 now to secure your 1902 Morgan silver dollar coins before they sell out. That's 1-800-859-1518. Have you heard of Project Rise? Are you a parent in Athens, Meigs, Perry, or Vinton counties? We provide internships, job shadowing, work study, transition planning, and graduation coaching. All students and parents have free access to these resources. For more information, please find us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. There are numerous free events and resources that you need to know about. Act now. Project Rise will help you with your future after high school. Follow us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. Hi, folks. Bruce Rydell with Rydell Auto Group. I'll tell you right now, February is the best time to buy that new car. So don't throw in the towel just because you haven't found your special vehicle yet. Stop by Rydell Auto Group in New Lexington. Once you prowl through our lot, that scowl will come off your face. You won't be growling about our prices either. At Rydell Auto Group, you'll find vehicles from Chrysler, Ford, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. We can match anyone's price on new vehicles, experience a hassle-free environment while working with our friendly staff. Our sales team will work to find you the vehicle you want, and our finance department will work to get you a great deal. Call 740-342-5146 for your VIP appointment today. Visit us this weekend in New Lex, or see all the cars at RightNowAuto.com. This is Bruce Rightnower with Rightnower Auto Group. We want you to ride in our car. In today's world, the last thing you need is a broken cell phone. If you've got equipment in need of... or visit the shop at 386 Richland Avenue, Athens. One great thing about the Athens area, people want to support local-owned businesses. In a very tough time, remember that the money you spend locally means a lot to the small Athens businesses. Hi, this is Jarrett Jones from Senior Hardware and Outdoors, and I'm asking you to visit great local companies like White's Mill, Floor Mill, Friendly Paws, Ohio Valley Running Company, and of course, Sumi Hardware and Outdoors. Your business matters to us. We shop local. For generations, Made in America has stood for quality and craftsmanship in manufacturing, food production, technology, and construction. The Made in America label has brought our country economic security and our innovations to the world. Made in America isn't just a slogan. It's the story of our country, the men and women who sacrificed to build our nation. It's our commitment to hard work, ingenuity, and to making things better than the way we found them. America is ready to get back to work. And we can start by rebuilding our infrastructure. Strengthening our manufacturing. Base. and investing in our businesses and our communities. Made in America means hundreds of thousands of new jobs across the country. It means new transportation, clean energy, and telecommunications networks. It means a healthier environment. National security and economic freedom. That's good for our families, good for the world, and, and good, good for, for our future. Let's get America back to work. Let's invest in Ohio. Let's invest in us. Learn more at letsinvestinus.com. Made by Citizens for Responsible Energy Solutions Forum. In our First year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. I didn't go out and measure, but uh, there's some more snow out there. And I guess we ain't over it yet. 
some more today, tonight. We're talking about the weather winter advisory. Ending around 5 a.m. tomorrow morning. But then, of course, the crews have to do all their things. Hey, today's our monthly visit with the mayor of Athens, Steve Patterson. We'll do it via telephone, given the weather, and, for that matter, COVID. And let me get all my buttons just right and push this one up here and say good morning. <laughs> good morning, Dave. Yes, and good morning, Scott. I'm assuming Scott's back there somewhere. He is. Yes, I am. Good morning, Mr. Mayor. <laughs> Good morning, Mr. <laughs> Scott. <laughs> well, you know, we've tracked um, for over a year now. Every day I've entered a, a vast number of statistics regarding COVID. And it, how it, um, I have the world section, the U.S. section, the Ohio section, and the Athens section. And... Um, See this full page, which is full of stuff. Right? Yes, it is. It's full of stuff. Okay, <laughs> uh, that is only five days. So I'm I'm up to three thousand lines of Excel now. So anyway, the point to all of this is, I truly have noticed in the last week or so improved figures. And, you know, like, let's take Athens. We have, uh, six days ago, we had 44 cases new. Then it was 50, and then it was 36. And the last two or three days, it's been like 14. Right. Um, I, myself, get my first shot today. Um, I'm wearing my uh, short sleeve shirt in spite of the weather just so that it makes it easy for him. Um, this, um, what's your take, Mr. Mayor? I, I, I concur. Um, I, you know, I, I do know, Dave, how closely you track it. You know, I, I view you now as our resident uh, amateur epidemiologist. Um, <laughs> with, all, with all the tracking that you've been doing. Yeah. No, I, I've noticed that too, Dave. I've noticed that um, we are, are, things are improving, mm-hmm. um, and I think there's a multitude of reasons for that. I, I look around uh, on Court Street. I, I come into the office still Monday through Friday and sometimes Saturdays and Sundays, depending on what's going on. But regardless, you know, when, I'm, when I am uptown, I look around, or I go into Kroger, or when I go into Lowe's or some other local, you know, businesses here in Athens uh, and look around, and I'm pretty observant, you know, people are, by and large, wearing face coverings. Um, They're wearing face coverings up and down Court Street. That's one thing. The other thing is, um, and I'm giving a shout-out, as I often do, to the Athens City County Health Department uh, with Dr. Dick Gaskell and... Jack Pepper, the administrator, and Ruth Dutting, and the whole crew down there are doing an absolutely amazing job, so much so that that uh, other health departments around the state often look to the Athens City County Health Department with what they're doing correctly, how they're managing things. Uh, the health department has partnered with Dr. Ken Johnson uh, at HCOM and at the Heritage College of Osteopathic Medicine to where they are able to use the new Heritage Hall building, which I personally have observed how it runs, and it runs so smoothly. Right. Um, because, you know, I, I, we may have talked about this before, Dave and Scott, but it, one of the... One of the one of the, the choke points is what I refer to it as. One of the, one of the interesting challenges with having shot clinics is having the space mm-hmm. in which people need to sit and wait 15 minutes after being administered the vaccine uh, to make sure that everything is okay. Uh, and by and large, everything is okay um, with people who, who go through that 15-minute wait period. But you have to do it. And that requires volume. 
um, you know, square footage to do that. And Heritage Hall um, accommodates that quite well. So uh, the, the other point I want to share with the listening audience today and with both of you is that three Wednesdays ago now, uh, the, one of the things that Jack Pepper shared with me was that we were number, Athens County, was number three in the state for vaccinating individuals age 80 plus to where, again, three Wednesdays ago, uh, that was 59.4% of our population that is age 80 plus. So that's, that's pretty amazing uh, and, and great to hear uh, that our health department has been able to do, has been able to do that, mm. Dave. I'm glad glad to hear that you're getting your vaccine today. Um, it was supposed to be uh, a, a week ago, but one thing led to another, and it got delayed one week. Sure, but that, sure. Uh, so it's so more and more people, such as yourself, um, I'm hearing it more and more. Um, you know, Dave and I both attend the Athens Rotary. Uh, lunchtime meetings at you know noon on Mondays and the uh, virtual meetings, was, virtual meetings presently. Virtual meetings, yeah. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> of course, everything is virtual. Yeah, uh, uh, I feel like my life is virtual. <laughs> um, <laughs> is uh, you know the, the the topic of the vaccination came up with the twenty five give or take individuals who were on the call. And uh, the question came up, well, who all has gotten their vaccine? And you know, I was happy to see how many people had already gotten their first vaccine, and, mm-hmm. and some were, you know, close to getting their second vaccine. So, so anyway, that all said, um, to your initial question, Dave, I, I, I absolutely agree with you that uh, things are improving, but, but there, we can't... Can't let let down. Yes, we right. cannot let our guard down. We cannot. Uh, we have to keep moving forward with doing the right things that most of us have, have been doing. So, well, that is, you know, this. Uh, let me just throw out two stats here. Uh, in Athens County, at this point, ten point eight percent of our population has received a vaccine. A vaccine. Uh, now, whether they've had. Um, a singular one and or maybe the singular one that that's all that's required or whether they're the two-step thing and they're they've done the first but not the second the point is 10.8 are now active in that process um, in the state of Ohio I was surprised at this 11.46 percent so they're doing real well too um, here in the US um, I don't have that one today. Uh, that figure wasn't published last night. Um, in the world, in the world, 2.35%. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on. Um, your, the state's guidance on this thing. I feel, um, pretty good about our governor and the staff he has around him and i i like the fact that he's not at all ashamed of uh if necessary daily coming on at two o'clock and briefing us when things are going pretty smoothly he does it every other day on tuesdays and thursdays um i'm, I'm kind of um i think he does a good job uh, is there anything you'd like to see done differently uh, no, I I agree with you, Dave. That I think things are going as smoothly as as they can. Um, I think he's doing a good job as well with with working through the pandemic and the way in which he you know has reopened things. You, you everyone I think is aware at this point in time that the 10 p.m. curfew has been lifted. Um, one of the things that always causes me a level of concern is, along with that, the last call in uh, bars and restaurants, that too has been lifted uh, because that, again, puts uh, a, a level of challenge into the hands of our 
police department monitoring and uh, really in, enforcing as best as they can the social distancing mm-hmm. component um, that the Ohio Department of Health and the governor still holds to, the six foot of separation and whatnot, um, and we're, you know, my level of concern comes from the lines of people queuing outside of, of bars. There's, there's two sides to that story, too. That, you know, we hear an awful lot of people who are concerned about seeing lines outside of bars. And that's difficult because there really is no, there's no um, legal authority or, or um, punitive course of action uh, under the ODH guidelines for addressing that, other than just telling and reminding people that you need to <laughs> stay six foot of separation. We have no way of knowing, well, who's a group, who's a pod, who's standing there together and who is not. It's challenging. The, the flip to that is if you see a line outside of, say, an uptown bar or something, you know, that also indicates that inside they're adhering to the capacity that they have been afforded under the ODH guidelines for reduced numbers of people in order to have six foot of separation and, and whatnot inside that establishment. So, so anyway, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, I, I think that it's, it's a good thing that the curfew was lifted. Um, I still, uh, have a high level of concern though, in terms of the last call ordinance, but you know, it, it, it is what it is and we will work through it. Here at the radio station, I'm going to say we are feeling about a 30%, maybe 35 um, loss of income um, over what would normally occur. Um, We'll get through this. Um, In the PPP programs that the federal governments have put out there will help. Sure. But um, you know, some of the some of the businesses out there don't have access to that. Um, some may not have been in good shape in the first place, and now this is only creating greater problems for them. Um, how now? You know, there's all sorts of talk about national stuff, but at the local level. Um, is there anything that is there and maybe at my level here of business I haven't heard about that is there to help the local business person uh, that's really struggling? Right. I mean, they, they had, I think this was in December, um, you can correct me if I'm wrong on that, that there was the second round of PPP, Payroll Protection Program, that was released. Um, uh, I'm hopeful, Dave, that there will be another COVID-19 relief that comes out. Um, I know that there is a, a program that is sitting in Ways and Means uh, in Washington, D.C. right now being vetted. It may have already been released. I'm not sure. But um, as I was made aware earlier this week, that that was looking like $350 billion in relief that would go to cities, villages, um, and tribal entities. Um, And uh, so I think that there will be more relief because, you know, there certainly is businesses that are struggling. No doubt about it. There are nonprofits. That oh, yeah. rely on fundraisers and things of that nature. They too are struggling. Um, there, there's also, you know, interestingly, we're, we are still seeing a level of growth or expansion uh, here in Athens. You know, the the North End restaurant opened up. Uh, you know, David Cornwall. Um, you know, they have that the, the new. Uh, they serve Mexican food. My wife and I got carry out from there not too long ago, and um, it, it was very tasty. It was good. 
Um, so there's things like that that are opening up in the middle of a pandemic or being constructed during a pandemic because that was an overhaul, as you remember, of the Cornwall Jewelers store. Yes, of course. Uh, the On Court Street, north end of Court Street. Uh, there's also, un- we unfortunately lost uh, Mountain Laurel Gifts, um, and that afforded an opportunity for a business to expand into that space. Bagel Street uh, Deli um, is now renovating that to expand their dining service as well as their kitchen area. So that is interesting as well. There's some other things that are going on in the city of Athens in terms of development. But uh, back to your initial question, I'm hoping that Congress can, um, now that uh, the, the impeachment trial and hearings is over, that we can move forward and Congress can take up the other very important business at hand, and that is, again, getting this, uh, this next round of COVID-19 relief moving forward, as well as a number of other things. So to your point, Dave, yeah, it's, it's tough. It, it breaks my heart every time I see someone uh, having to shutter um, or permanently, permanently shuttering or prolonged closure, um, you know, with, on that front, the um, import house on North Court Street, um, you know, has closed for an extended period of time, and I'm really hopeful that they reopen sometime soon. Well, we certainly have a variety of interesting businesses and um, and, and watering holes and restaurants and all sorts of things. So um, it's an unusual community, and I like it that way. Um, <laughs> As do I. Yes. And, yeah. Well, let's see here. Um, well, I hate to do it, but let's talk a little bit about this whole presidential thing. Um, you've been engaged in politics for a while now. Right. And um, I'm a Republican by title only. Why am I a Republican? I think because I, my parents were Republicans. And that's not a very good reason, but it's a fact. Now, um, do I think like a Republican? I don't think so. I think more like a human being. And um, do I think there's Democrats that think like human beings? Well, there's a few. But the point is, I am so bothered by this whole mess we just went through. And I guess there's still people wanting to press it. But we have a new president. He happens to be a Democrat. I'd like to support him. I'd like to see him be successful and get some of this friction over with. And people who just say they can only support this kind of person or that kind of person. Uh, we all have to work together. We do. We do need to work together. You know, my new role as the president for the Mayor's Partnership for Progress, which is, you know, 18 Southeast Ohio Appalachian counties, 70-plus um, municipalities, 800,000 citizens, uh, within that footprint of the mayor's partnership, um, as well as serving on the Ohio Mayor's Alliance, which is an organization um, that was built uh, around having the mayors from the 30 most populated cities in the state of Ohio come together and, and talk about issues. Um, you know, both of those organizations of mayors or city managers you know, by design are bipartisan. I mean, politics doesn't come into play in these groups because, and and as me as mayor, you know, party affiliation is irrelevant when I'm dealing with a pothole or a water line break. Of course. Or a sewer line break or the flooding of the Hocking River or (laughs) name something. 
And because none of those have an R or a D or an I behind them. You know, it's, it's, it's work that has to get done. And from most mayors would say this exact same thing, Dave, is that it party is irrelevant when you're having to make sure that you're creating a safe, uh, and well-functioning community. Um, uh, I, I wish I could say the same when it comes to, you know, our elected officials at the state or federal level. Um, but again, depending whether you're, you're state elected or you're federally elected, you know, you you don't have your finger on the pulse of your of of actual communities, whether it's a village, a borough, a city, a you know, a, a large metroplex, uh, it's, it's, it's very different. Um, I often joke around with, uh, my good friend, Andy, uh, Mayor Andy Ginther of Columbus. Um, when I look around <laughs> thinking, I don't know how in the world do you manage this city, uh, a city of this size, um, as opposed to a city, the size of say Athens or Lancaster or, or even Ironton or Amesville, you know, it's just, it's very different. Um, same challenges, um, just the, 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 uh, magnitude, the scale is very different. Um, so anyway, uh, and those, the mayors of, of those cities and villages, you know, would probably tell you the exact same thing, Dave and Scott is, you know, Politics has to be put aside when you're sitting here having to make sure that my salt trucks are out running, you know, in the wee hours when most of us are warm in our beds. And these individuals are heroes. They're out there driving in adverse conditions and plowing and salting and trying to make our commutes into work for those of us who are commuting. Um, as safe as possible. When I got up this morning, knowing it was snowing last night when I went to bed, all I could think of is, what are the roads going to look like tomorrow morning? Um, and uh, not going to lie, uh, you know, I had a big, huge smile on my face when I looked out my window, and uh, the roadway was clear, my drive-in was great, and... Um, yeah, same. You were right. And, and, you know, I'm personally now on your show going to heap praise on those brave people who are out doing the job that so often, you know, um, some sometimes gets taken for granted uh, that it, it will just get done. But You know, those guys really, in, in guys and gals both, um, they, they get excited. <laughs> I got excited when I would have to do it for the fair board and stuff like that. Um, yeah. You know, um, yeah, you complain about maybe having to get up earlier or go to bed earlier because you're going to get up earlier, you know, that sort of thing. But other than that, you are so excited to run that equipment and, <laughs> yeah. and make a difference. It's, yeah. it's really fun. Well, anyway, I, I I can only imagine, Dave, uh, for anyone who's listening and is familiar with Terrace Drive here in Athens, oh, yeah. or Ma or Madison, uh -huh. or even <laughs> Mulligan, you know, Cable Lane. Yeah. Those those aren't you know those are pretty steep streets, and, and I, 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 and, I uh, Cable Lane's curvy too, and curvy, and bo uh, both Blackburn know, roads. Black, that's right. Oh, Blackburn's nothing. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it, it looks like it, too. Uh, we were saying that, folks, because Scott lives on Blackburn. That's We're having fun with him. Okay, go that's ahead. That's right. Well, it's just, it, you know, again, going back to Terrace Drive, that's one of the steepest grade roads, um, roadways, streets, in the state of Ohio. Mm -hmm. And and I, I certainly hope that it's thrilling for my drivers to be out there. Oh, yeah. So, Otherwise, it's probably terrifying. Uh, it would certainly terrify me. But, um, and you know, I, I feel the same way as I hope most of our citizens do with 
you know, our police department and our fire department to still have to be out in pretty nasty weather um, in protecting the citizens. So, or my street crews for a water line break where there's a, you know, it's six degrees outside, but there's a 30 foot geyser coming up out of the street and they're having to sit in this hole and repair that under, you know, the most challenging of conditions. So, so anyway, on the other hand, um, I mean, we're not in Dallas, Texas today. We're oh there in day no. five of sub-zero, well, not sub-zero, sub-freezing. Well, you know what I mean. The people have been without power for five days now. Right, right. And I don't know if you saw, since, since we're talking about, you know, we kind of rolled into this with, with uh, you know, politics and electives and then transitioned into mm-hmm. the weather and, and the, the work that has to be done at the local level. There was an article that came out in the Washington Post uh, dated February 17th. So this was yesterday's paper where, uh, and I'm going to keep things nameless, but uh, um, a mayor of a city in Texas basically came out saying that... Uh, uh, no one owes you or your family anything. You know, only the strong will survive with people saying, hey, we're without power. We need help. You know, open up warming stations or whatever. And I'm just sitting here reading this going, ouch. You know, <laughs> I, I couldn't even imagine telling your community, Thanks. you know, you're on your own. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. You know. Now, I mean, you know, what, a couple of weeks ago we had a, a short uh, spell. Uh, but you had the community center open rapidly to be, serve as a warming site, and I think we were without power, what, a total of eight or nine hours in a certain right. part of town. Uh, but it was um, it was um, early evening, but it did go into the mid-morning. Um, so, you know, that's, that's... And you have generators and things like that that power that facility. Right. Plus the solar backups, too. Um so anyway, you know, how can a community overlook doing something like that? And that's your point, isn't it? Well, it's still election of duty. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it truly is. You're right. I mean, when we had the power outage and it was cold, um, we I quickly called uh, the director of Arts, Parks, and Rec and uh, the deputy service safety director for the city and said, hey, I know it's currently closed because it was beyond its normal operational hours. We need to reopen the community center because right. Right. We're, we're, we could have families that are in need of someplace warm to go. And we did have four individuals and a child that took advantage and went in there. And, and uh, you know, I've heard people say, well, you know, that's spending a lot of money to open a facility up for five people. And I'm sitting there going, that's five lives. You know, it, I don't care what it costs. You know, we need to provide as a, a, it's a service to our community to have something like that open. And we'll continue to do. So if we had another, you know, I hope not, but if, if we had another like event, we would do that. If we had another derecho, you know, we would, uh, in the middle of the summer, like we did back in 2011, um, you know, we would, Again, open up the community center on backup generation and have it as a cooling station for people. Uh, anyway. That's, um, I always like talking to you, but let's move on. That's um, Stimson Avenue. Uh, Mercy, with the post office and banks and different things down there, it's been a, a real challenge this last few months. Um, but now that's a Columbia gas project where they're replacing some main lines, right? It, it is, but here's the here's why Columbia Gas is doing that, um, and that is that um, you know utilities such as Columbia Gas, or if there were underlying underground uh, uh, power transmission, uh, and those utilities know that the city is doing has a major project on Simpson Avenue um, that they like to get in before that project really starts in earnest with this road deck replacement 
and new sidewalks to get underneath and replace underground utilities with brand new utility, brand new gas mains, things like that, so that they don't have something break three years down the road and we're having to chew up Simpson Avenue again with yeah. a brand new street um, to replace that. So that's kind of pre-con work that's taking place. Well, Stimson Avenue, once it's all done, looks significantly different or to be designed differently, or are we just trying to put down another great concrete surface that will last for years? No, it, uh, it will look different. It will have uh, wider sidewalks. It will be a complete street. Um, uh, we're not going to change the path, but we are going to do several enhancements. We'll have different lighting down there okay. uh it, it it'll yeah it will look it'll look different it'll be nice you know again for those who are listening in this morning um stimson avenue the concrete road deck was put in um in the early 1970s after the river had been rerouted um that was redone it's a concrete roadway that has lived its useful life and uh and it's time to be replaced and it'll likely be replaced with asphalt uh but we're still working with the contractor um to see whether it w whether we should be doing concrete or again or whether we do asphalt so yet to be determined on okay. what the yeah what the uh, road surface will be constructed of but uh, mm -hmm. it'll be a big project i know it's um it's a real pain right now uh with one-way traffic moving through there Sometimes um, I tell you the crews working down there work real nicely with the traffic. They do. Yeah. I agree because I take Stimson, you know, every afternoon when I get off work, uh, I head down Stimson Avenue and I wait in the queue for the flagger to yep. send me on my way. Yep. Um, and that will continue um, so that everyone uh, has an understanding as to what the process will be. That when the actual road surface is being torn out and replaced. It's the south side that will be worked on first. Okay. So basically, the wet, the eastbound travel lane. Um, so that will start first. There will be detours in place, Dave. It will be that westbound traffic flow will always occur. So in other words, you're coming across the Hawking River, around the roundabout, traffic flowing up that direction down Stimson. That will always be maintained. Mm -hmm. It'll just flip flop from the south side to the north side and then the north side to the south side. The eastbound traffic is going to be detoured on East State Street. Um, or for most of us who are very familiar with Athens, you know, you'll find an alternative route, period. Um, if you're heading to the south side, you'll likely just instead of going down Stimson, you'll take Richland Avenue, cross the river and head up Richland Avenue or, or something like that. So there's there's most of us who live here know how to navigate detours. Um, uh, sure. That's the plan at this that's, point. Um, let me ask, a, I hope you don't mind this. Um, so once Stimson's done, what's the next one you want to tackle? <laughs> so Stimson is a, we received the Ohio Department of Transportation funding for Stimson Avenue. Um, and that is obviously a 2021 project that 21 2021 project that will be completed in October. Okay. The next project is one in which we received funding for West Union from the Elks, you know, that side of yes. the bridge over the Hawking River, uh, all the way up to Schaefer Street. So that's a 2022 project, which is still under design. Let me think. Shaper. And then 2023-2024, we received grant funding, again, from the Ohio Department of Transportation for the uptown area. And that will be to do improvements on Washington Street between Congress and College mm -hmm. and State Street between Congress and College to where we're going to do a redesign to look very similar to West U West Union Street between Court and Congress. Do you remember that project, yes, Dave, back course. in yeah, 2017? So these will look like that. They'll be replacing the lighting, enhancing the sidewalks, um, just making it 
more social more areas, all that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, it'll look, that'll look really nice. So that's 2023 slash 2024. Okay. I should be around to see that. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see here. Um, you know, I've heard very little about, um, how do I want to put it? Uh, law enforcement civility being an issue. Uh, I, it seems to me that our uh, safety personnel and our law enforcement personnel are just good people. And they know this is a campus town which has some unique things happen once in a while. And they try to um, not aggravate they just try to get things settled down um i don't know if i'm verbalizing this well enough or not would you take it from here <laughs> I, I will attempt to okay uh, we we have really um, made a a amplified effort in terms of racial equity training um you know compassion training for for you know, a, a lot of departments in the city of Athens, um, for the police department as well. Um, and I, you know, when I get letters from citizens thanking the police department as an example for holding the hand of an individual who is going through, you know, a psychological crisis. Mm -hmm. uh, and having to, you know, be admitted into one of our mental health facilities here in Athens um, because the individual initially is combative and not uh, letting, you know, anyone touch them or help them. You know, that to me is, is, is telling, you right. know, to where here's a, here's a police officer who's actually earn the trust of Comforting. someone who is in crisis and holding this person's hand because this person is asking to have their hand held by the police officer all the way into the facility to where they are able to transition off. You know... You didn't hear me, but I used the word comforting. Comforting. Yeah, comforting. That's, that's really so special. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, so we... You know, I have really put a strong emphasis on the training that we all need to go through when it comes to racial equity and understanding what racism is, uh, systemic racism. And, uh, you know, we are working with the Racial Equity Coalition here in Athens um, with taking a deep dive into the city's code uh, and, and to include the crafting of new code or amendments to code to make sure that we are um, doing the best we can um, of, of having racial equity be a major component in what we do, uh, policies, hiring policy, working with the human relations uh, department here in the city of Athens, working with the police department, working with the fire department, working with street crews, uh, engineering and public works, uh, arts, parks, and recreation. So uh, we're, we just identified, Dave, I, I, I tasked my city planner with doing kind of a spot check of, of um, deeds, land deeds, uh, property deeds, and to see if there is still um, discriminatory language. And lo and behold, um, within the three-mile buffer outside the city, it was... Uh, we. Paul Logue, uh, city planner, along with Jesse Markins over at the, the county, um, identified a property that had discriminatory language, basically saying that, you know, these particular properties or plats um, could not be sold to a black individual. I mean, there's, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but... Really? It, 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 really. And uh, I've had people say, well, you know, the Civil Rights Act you know, outlawed things like that. So it's kind of moot. And it's like, no, it's not moot. It's right here in black and white on this piece of paper. Um, 
And uh, so I'm working with the code department uh, with David Riggs mm -hmm. um, to see if we can get language that speaks to process in which someone comes to the city and, and says, hey, I want to do a lot split, or I want um, uh, to go before the BZA for a variance uh, for my property. Um, and uh, we still have a ways to go on this, but the idea is, well, you have to also show, provide your land deed uh, or, or, or plot deed for your property. Um, and if it has language in there like that, that uh, the property owner, in order for the city to act on it, is going to have to have that language removed. So, uh, you know, but that we have ways to go to, to, to get that through council that will require amending code and, and a number of other things to make something like that happen. But things like that exist, Dave. And so we, we you know, this is kind of, the top of my priority list yeah. to uh, to make sure that we are doing everything we can to to overturn 400 years of systemic racism. I've had, um, of course, this is a small city, so it's easy to be in many parts of it without uh, too much difficulty. So I've noticed recently, though various crews and they have like um sense uh, a post with a sensor on it and so on and they'll they'll go out and they'll touch it to a certain edge of the curb and then they'll come in and measure it to where the curb steps up and then they'll measure the width the the um the sidewalk and then they'll go somewhere else and measure something else and uh, really far more detailed than I have seen for a while. So I finally pulled over the other day and spoke to one of them, and I said, are you guys doing GIS updating? And their answer was yes. <laughs> and folks, this government information system, um, now, is, am I wrong? Don't we each have access to it? We can go on to a website and look at it? I believe so, Dave. You know, and I think what you're referencing is a big effort from Columbia Gas yeah. to update their GIS uh, of where all the gas lines are, where they are literally up to. But the they're meter. not just doing their stuff. They're doing everything. Yeah, they are doing everything. Because, no. you know, if you're yeah. a utility company, you got to know where your neighboring utilities are, too, so that you're not cracking them. That's <laughs> true. You know That's what I mean? True. So yeah, yeah. they're really doing a thorough job. I'm sorry, yeah. I interrupted you. No, no, you're, you're spot on. I mean, this is one of the challenges that we have seen. I know the county has experienced as well with somebody coming in and, hey, we want to, you know, horizontally um, bore to put conduit for fiber optics in right, or right. whatever. And as they're boring, they end up boring right through something, you know, or cutting through maybe a buried power line or a water main, whatever. And and right. it's because, oops, we didn't know it was there. And yeah. I think I think we all need to do a better job of knowing exactly where all utilities are. So updating GIS uh, is is smart. Uh, you know, it's kind of like, oops, you know, if I, if I wanted to put a, say, a, a utility shed in my backyard or whatever, as long as I'm following code, but put something in, I've got to call oops and have them come and identify where everything is, you know, three days uh, prior to, to doing the dig. Call before you, know? you dig. Call before you dig. Call before you dig. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So... But with the GIS system, you can get a pretty good handle on that if it becomes more and more accurate and updated, which is, appears to be done, or being is being done, um, if you have access to it. And, and so I was just wondering if it was available to the public to look at as well. 
I, you know, I I will find out, Dave. I okay. don't know. I don't have an answer to that. Okay. Um, so I will see what I can find out. We can talk about it our next yeah, show, sure. but uh, do not know. Contractors, the public, whatever you want to call it. Right. What have I failed to bring up today that uh, you'd like to cover? We've got about five minutes. You know, we could talk briefly about the census. I just had an interesting census, 2020 census meeting with the National League of Cities yesterday. And, you know, it, okay. it looks like the, the, the numbers the, the yeah. numbers won't be released until uh, later on this summer or possibly as late as September. But uh, with the census, you know, this could go one of two ways, Dave. Uh, we could either have a significant undercount or we could have a count that puts us over 25,000, um, which would be interesting if we exceed a population of 25,000 in that yeah. uh, we would have to create a fifth ward here in the city. Uh, and if, if that does happen to where we exceed 25,000, um, we're going to be looking for a lot of community engagement, um, you know, within each of the existing wards, neighborhood associations, just the general populace to, to get feedback and input as to where would we, where do we want to draw the lines for this new fifth ward? Um, it'll create certainly a fifth ward council member, and it would also, um, cause the city to have to include two new at-large candidates. Um, so we would go from... Three to five. Three, uh, three to five, and uh, uh, we currently have three. It would be uh, the inclusion of one. I'm sorry, okay. one new uh, at-large council member, one, and then it would be one new ward rep. So that would be five wards, four at large, so giving us the from seven odd number. Yeah, yeah. From seven to so nine. That would be interesting. Overall. If we don't, and we find that we have dropped significantly in population, you know, there are different processes to go through to challenge that and show where the in out undercounts may have taken place. And my big concern, Dave, as we've talked about in the past, is going to be within the high density student. Census yeah. tracks where we may have significant undercounts. It's but been the case for, for the numbers. Yeah, but uh, but do you have any clue yet? No, no uh, leakage, no whatever about uh, what it might be. Uh, I have no, I don't. Okay. Other than going online and looking at the 2020 census response self response rate map. But we had COVID going on uh, during that time. Yeah, if you look it up and you can take it all the way down to the city of Athens census tracks, and there's eight of them, uh, you know, you'll notice that there are there's only two census tracks in the city of Athens that exceeded the 2020, 2010 counts. Uh, the others are lagging behind by several percentage points. So that's what causes some concern for me. Yeah. Steve, yeah. as always, it's a pleasure to do a show with you. Um, um, we're, we'll um, look forward to doing it again next month, right? That's great. I, I miss seeing both of you face-to-face, uh, -face, but yeah. we'll get there. We'll get there. Yes, and, likewise. Uh, you know, today is, uh, what is it, Drink Wine Day? Drink Wine Day. Drink yes. Wine Day. Great. Um, <laughs> National I'll, Battery Day. I'll drink uh, the bat. Who cares about you drink enough? You won't care about your battery, right? That's right. You, you certainly do. And tomorrow, too, Dave, <laughs> and Scott, and, well, and the day after when it's cold you. outside. Yes. Please, uh, have you, have you met uh, Paul Friedman with Dutch Creek Winery? I have not. No. Um, that's you and Connie and Pat and myself go out there. He is the city planner for the city of Columbus. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So um, be interesting conversation. Nice guy. Okay. Steve, thank you, and take care. You too. Thanks, Steve. Okay. See ya. Bye-bye. Yep. See you, Scott. Okay. Let's see here. Let me pull this thing down there, and that's done. And we're just and seconds so are away we. from uh, the show being done. Yes.
in our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio. AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WBTH Evans. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. More than three days after a rare winter storm tore through Texas, almost one million customers are still without power. Pipes are bursting. Many people are under boil water advisories. Stacy Silverman rushed to rescue her mother's apartment when it was flooded in Grapevine. All we could think of was getting her to safety and was trying to get our photo albums and, you know... Her, she's 78, a lifetime of the most important documents. We just wanted to get out of her apartment. The finger pointing's begun over power outages. Ed Hers, energy economics and policy expert at the University of Texas. The warnings have been there for years, and Governor Abbott has done nothing. Before that, Governor Perry did nothing. This was a train wreck all the way to happening 10 years ago. A new snowstorm is headed up the East Coast. CBS meteorologist Jeff Berardelli. This is a long duration event, and in total, we're likely to see about four to eight inches of snow across parts of the Northeast, especially around New York City. The CDC estimates about 10% of people in most states have gotten COVID vaccines now, but a lot of U.S. troops are refusing. Correspondent Cami McCormick. More than 30% of service members have declined to get the shots. The vaccinations are voluntary. Sailors on ships are more likely to get vaccinated, but there's concern about others, like Army soldiers. There are also worries about the military's deployment of National Guard troops to administer shots around the country, and how many of them will have had the shots. Military leaders say they're working on better informing troops about the vaccines. CBS News has learned the Biden administration will team with Democratic allies and release an immigration reform bill today. Here's correspondent Stephen Portnoy. The package would offer citizenship to millions illegal 